COVID is way up here in Wyoming, as it is in many places. But the unique thing here is the near-universal grip on power the far right has over the state. And of course, that means doing nothing to stop the spread at a statewide level. So some individual districts are fighting back, some are not, and are paying the price for it. If local school boards or administrators do fight back, though, they get threats from anti-maskers in the community, folks who are often anti-vaxxers as well. Albany County Schools, that's where Laramie is, uh, and uh, the district for Albany County Schools has a mask mandate in place for all schools, but only for a short time, to be reauthorized or not tomorrow. The initial decision at a meeting on September 1st was made with the board having a little while earlier, adjourned the public session of the meeting due to constant shouting, whistling, howling, insults, and threats from far-right anti-science people. So I talked to Jeff Victor about that experience. Jeff is the Laramie Reporter. You can find him at laramiereporter.substack.com. And Jeff was at the school board meeting, brought a recording with him uh, into Solidarity House so that we could hear uh, a few seconds of the vitriolic crowd, and also has some kind of chilling things to share about the meeting and some things personally that happened to him, interpersonally, that perhaps reflect dehumanization. If you like our coverage of issues in Wyoming and beyond, please subscribe to our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash solidarity house. That's patreon.com slash solidarity house. It's $5 a month. You're supporting all sorts of projects, including all sorts of podcasts. Now here's my discussion with Jeff Victor. Like what have been the most important parts of, of the stories to you over the last uh, couple of weeks on this in particular? Yeah. So I guess <laughs> we can, we can work up to the most recent meeting, but for the meeting that happened before the first week of school, I went in person um, to that uh, to check it out. The school board is actually something that I have never covered before. Um, I've covered some things relating to like Albany County schools, but uh, you know, back when I was a reporter for the Boomerang, I covered the university mainly, um, and I just haven't gotten to cover the school board all that much. Uh, so that was like my first time, didn't know what to expect. As I was driving over there, I saw the uh, 20, 30, 40 parents, however many it was uh, outside. Um, I'm guessing parents, maybe they're just also some residents standing out there with signs comparing mask mandates to tyranny. Um, some other ones saying, you know, just simply our kids, our choice. There were a few other ones. Uh, I, I can't get the image of the mandates equals tyranny sign out of my head because tyranny is spelled wrong. But I, uh, yeah, so I just saw that as I was driving by to like go and park. Uh, and that's when it hit me that, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be a big deal. Like uh, this won't just be an easy little thing that the board does. Um, that was about as intense as it got that day at the meeting before school started because they didn't have public comment at that meeting. So nobody was getting up and talking. It was basically the board members saying, we're going to pass a mask mandate for the first week of school just because we haven't done anything yet. 
So it'll just be in place for the first week. And then we'll have a big meeting in the high school auditorium next week. And we can have people talk more about it um, then. And we can consider if we want to do it longer term. So that was kind of the first episode. And then the second episode would be the meeting last week on Wednesday uh, when that board did reconvene and smartly held the meeting in the high school auditorium um, since they, uh, you know, anticipated there would be a lot of people coming out to share their thoughts. And that meeting got pretty wild. (laughs) Um, uh, It started it started with an announcement that they would do an hour of in-person comments and then an hour of comments from people who were tuning in through zoom. Um, and then, you know, would probably discuss it as a board after that. The first three commenters were all pediatricians and they all advocated for a mask mandate. I mean, even, even from the first comment, you knew it was going to be, a night where a lot of stark, dire, grim things were talked about. um, And that also one that people would get very upset about because the first pediatrician got up and said, look, you know, the way that this is spreading, it's very likely that I, as a pediatrician, a doctor who serves children, am probably going to lose a patient this year. I think it's very important for doctors to talk about this because people have the means to go see a doctor. They trust their doctor more than a journalist like me, more than public health experts, more than public health officers, people trust like their individual doctors. It's been very important throughout the pandemic that people like get this health information from the person that they trust and that they go to with health issues and health questions um, and have that like, you know, very kind of safe zone to, to ask stuff they don't know anything about to someone that they trust and know is knowledgeable. So I think it's really important for doctors to to get out there and and talk about it um, and to have those conversations privately with their patients. When the night started, there was a bit of, you know, murmuring uh, that I could hear from my seat in the auditorium, uh, you know, as the pediatricians talked, it was pretty negligible. Like people were not, people didn't start rowdy necessarily. They might've, they might've come in tense, like ready to fight, but nobody was actively getting in anyone's face at that point you know, those, those murmurs started to become a little more, a little louder, a little more audible. As people got up and talked more, people were more likely to applaud. And it really, it really started to stand out to me when Dr. Tess Kilwin got up and she's a clinical psychologist and got up and talked about um, how we should have a mask mandate and that, you know, it's, it's unfair we need a mandate specifically, and we can't just suggest that kids do this because we want to make it easy for kids to wear masks. We don't want to put them in a position where they have to defend masking to other kids. Like it should just be a rule that everyone does it. And then no kid has to like explain they're just following the rules so they they don't get in trouble. Um, And I found that pretty compelling because in my line of work, I can kind of just decide for myself what I'm doing, but I have siblings across the state who work in places where their employers basically get to decide, you know, who's, who's masking and who's not. And the reason that my siblings were in favor of, you know, something like a statewide mask mandate is that, you know, if they are just, I'm trying not to specifically identify like where they work. Um, but if they're in, you know, a business and customers come in 
and customers start to get a bit belligerent about it and say like, well, why are you wearing a mask or whatever? Having some kind of mandate or rule in place makes it very easy for them to go, I'm just following the rules, man. And then they don't have to get into it. They don't have to you know, start citing studies or anything like that. Cause that's really like not, that's not their job. They shouldn't, they shouldn't have to do that. Um, the argue, the argument for a mask mandate from allowing people to just blame the government, <laughs> like, ah, sorry, governor said I have to wear it. So, but sorry, I think I got a little sidetracked into that. Uh, how Tess uh, was saying that um, to avoid, you know, peer pressure situations can maybe bullying situations um, and where the students would not have to defend the mask wearing themselves. They could simply say that it was, or they, they, everyone would simply know that it's a universal rule, which is, means less psychological uh, pressure on the students. A lot of people know her as someone who is outspoken about a number of other like progressive causes. And so I'm sure a lot of the people in the audience were aware of who she was. And some of them, I'm sure already had very strong opinions about her. So she was the first one who really got loud booing, like actual booing. Um, but around that time, other people were starting to get applause. Um, it was just becoming like kind of more, the audience was more engaged with like every comment that was happening, happening, whether it was people clapping for someone, um, or, you know, booing down someone's comment or just more loudly talking back as somebody gave their comment. And I should just add that it wasn't just people against the mandate getting applause. There was some applause for, for people who were advocating for it. Um, I think not as much. Um, and that applause was more likely to come if it was, uh, you know, a, a young student, for example, getting up and, and sharing uh, you know, a comment that they had clearly uh, worked on and were like preparing. And so I think there was, there's at least that community impulse of, of like, yeah, we want to support this student. If we, if we, even if we disagree with this, uh, you know, student sharing their thought, like we should, we should support them, like getting up and getting engaged in the process. So that was at least nice, but then everything pretty quickly descended into chaos. Yeah, then something <laughs> happened, but can you trace that or do you uh, mark that to a particular moment or particular speaker? So there were two, there were some specific individuals um, egging this on, but there were two specific moments uh, that really got this going. And if for anyone who was following along on Zoom, not in person, it would have been hard to follow along with this because, uh, you know, I went back and watched the uh, recording later so that the thing that the people were seeing on zoom um, and I was texting some people who were watching it on zoom at that point and they had a much different experience. So when it, um, when it was adjourned, like everything just went black, like it just cut out. Um, and there are even still people on the zoom call, like asking what happened, but what you couldn't tell from the zoom call was just how rowdy things were getting in the auditorium. They had announced that there would be an hour of in-person comments before they went to comments from people who were online through zoom. They actually went for about 80 minutes with, uh, in-person comments, but then announced that they were cutting that off and that they were going to take a five minute recess, um, and then come back for the online comments. That was the first point when people really started to lose it. There was at least one person who, who stood up and started shouting at that point during that recess that, you know, the, the parents' voices need to be heard. We're parents. We have a lot to say. You need to listen to us, even if it takes all night. Um, and this person was 
you know, shouting this and a crowd was kind of like gathering around and like um, responding to what she was saying. Um, she kind of started making it not just like something that she was shouting, but something that she was gathering people around for, um, you know, cause she'd shout something and then be like, don't you agree? And then a lot of people would be like, yeah. So this, this kind of happened during the recess, but nothing really came of it. I was trying to figure out if something would come of it. If like the board members who were, you know, just wandering around now, either like going to the bathroom or talking between themselves would like listen to this and, and take that into consideration. I went over to the lady who was yelling this to ask for her name um, because if the board did change what it was doing, because like this crowd gathered and made them like, that's, that's a very interesting thing <laughs> that I want to write about. I just immediately got yelled at by her and her husband and uh, several other people around. You had identified yourself as as media? Yeah, I said, hi, I'm, you know, I'm Jeff Victor. I'm with the Laramie Reporter. I think some of them misheard that um, because I was accused of being affiliated with first the Laramie Boomerang, which I explained I was not. They were, but they were even not if fans. you had been, like, that's not really, like, you. that's still the press, right? Like, I don't understand... Yes. That, yes. You know, well, they, yeah, anyway, they, they informed me that, um, you know, the the boomerang was like was garbage and, and all of this. So um, but I was like, well, I'm not you know, that's neither here nor there. I'm not I'm not with them. I'm with somebody else. Um, I'm just in the same profession, I guess. Uh, one lady also very confidently asserted that I was with the Laramie Human Rights Network, um, which I'm not. I I have talked to them for many stories, um, especially last year uh, during the during the protests, summer 2020 last year. I'm not going to try, like go out of my way to paint people as villains. Like that's not what I'm about. Well, but, and also, hey, I want to go to a public meeting and I want to stand up out of order and shout at my public officials uh, on TV, but I don't want anyone to know my name. Yeah, well, the, the irony there is that... Um, she did yell her name about 20 minutes later. So <laughs> um, anyway, I went back to my seat and they returned from the recess and the board's going to go to uh, online comments. But first they go to the county public health officer, Jean Elias. And she starts talking. People are still kind of ginned up from, you know, they're kind of recess gathering um so there's there's like a lot of you know back talk and comments you know different facts that she's saying uh just stating um you know people are yelling back bullshit and, and stuff like that um at one point she cites the uh the vaccination rate for people under 18 in albany county and you know, she says uh, only 39% of the kids who can be vaccinated are, um, and somebody just shouted good, you know, so there's, there's, there's kind of like back talk like that and it's getting louder. It really, it turned up to a new level when her comments extended beyond the two minute mark, because during public comment, everyone was given two minutes to talk. Uh, so everyone else had gotten two minutes to talk. There was a there was a clock going that like counted down that was very visible to everyone in in the auditorium. Um, so everyone knew their time, and people were cut off when they tried to like, go beyond that. So uh, the county public health officer goes beyond that. This was sort of an interim between 
segments of public comment. Maybe the board wasn't really clear about that or. Yeah. And after, after the fact, um, many of the board members did express that they should have been like much clearer about that, that like, this wasn't like a normal public comment. This was the board inviting the County health officer to, to speak. People in the audience started calling time and the, the chair of the school board, Janice Marshall explained, you know, this is our County health officer. We want to hear what she has to say. Um, if you were listening to the comment, it did sound very much like a, you know, prepared thing. Like it wasn't like, this wasn't someone who was interested in rambling on or, or filling up as much time as possible. She very clearly had like a spiel that she was going to say, just kind of laying the groundwork with like the facts um, and kind of, you know, just suggesting at the end of that four or five minute um, comment that, you know, a mask mandate would help. But people started yelling time, people started yelling. And this th- this was one of the things that you probably were not able to tell if you were watching on Zoom, um, just how loud the audience got. And I actually, I do have a clip. People were screaming, people were shouting, people were swearing, and some people even just started whistling, which I think is, that makes the game very clear that you're trying to drown out what she's doing, because clearly you're not trying to share your thoughts or express any ideas if you're just whistling. But people started doing this, and um, the chair of the board starts, you know, gaveling, trying to call people to order, nobody's listening, they just keep getting louder, she keeps gaveling, until eventually, you know, she just says this meeting is adjourned due to public disruption um, and gavels one more time. And when she does that, people get even louder. People are just shouting in the auditorium. People are just storming around. Everyone's out of their seats at this point. People are going every which way, storming around. I mean, listen, hear that clip for yourself. I swear somebody was just howling like a wolf. It got really chaotic. It felt pretty unsafe to be there, honestly. Um, you know, I, I've been to a lot of tense public meetings, um, public meetings where like really dicey topics are being discussed, um, where there's like a lot of strong opinions on all sides of it. I've never seen anything like that. I was going to ask you about that because you, um, you, you had, I don't know if you wanted to get into it, but you had posted something about that, that, you know, like that this was for you kind of a, a new um, level of maybe intensity. Yes. So, and, you know, I didn't, I didn't include this in my story on the Laramie reporter, just because I felt like that maybe wasn't the the appropriate place for it, but I did share on my personal Facebook and I, you know, I was planning to share this today um, with you. Uh, there was another moment that scared me even more. Um, and, you know, maybe all of this intensity of like an in-person event, some of it's also heightened for me just because I've spent a year and a half, like a lot of other people, not seeing that many people around. So maybe that made it more intense, but 
all, all everything that I just described up to and including the howling, you know, was all pretty scary, especially having been yelled at and having identified myself as a journalist. You know, it was, it was a crowd that was not going to like a journalist like me, especially not one wearing a shirt with a rainbow bison on it, which is what I was wearing that night. But the scariest moment for me uh, happened, you know, as, as kind of the, the chaos was coming out, as everything was getting more chaotic, um, people really were moving around a lot. And in my row, we're in an auditorium. I'm sitting on the edge of a row, you know, trying to be away from people. Um, and I've, I've got a mask on. Uh, so no one's in the seats immediately next to me, but within my row, there's a group of people, none of them have masks. And as things got more chaotic, some of them started getting up to like walk around the room to go like, you know, join groups that were, that were talking or to go up and like yell at board members. Um, there was this guy, he was a pretty like big guy, like muscly big. And he, he came and went out of the aisle uh, two or three times, um, just like kept going to like go yell at a board member and like come back. Every time he did, uh, to get out of the aisle, he has to come by me. And if you've ever been in the high school auditorium, uh, you know, there's not a lot of space to do that. So unless you're very gentle or very small, people kind of have to get up out of the way to let you pass. This guy kept coming over and just basically like climbing onto me. Like, he would not communicate with me. He would just get up and not, not even literally climbing over me, like not even just trying to step over. Um, but he'd just come up and be like on top of me at my knees. And I'd be like, Oh, I'm sorry, man. Like, do you need to get out? Like, let me like get out of the way. And even though I would do this and like initiate talking with him, verbally communicating with him, he never said anything back to me. He just ignored that I was talking to him. Every single time he came and went, I had to like jump out from under him out of the way. And he, he would not acknowledge that I was this other human in his way. That dehumanization or depersonification uh, is kind of necessary for what some of these people against mask mandates are, are arguing. Because if, if, if you consider the two arguments being made, you know, some people like all the like doctors that were getting up and, and talking the other night, they're clearly there because they think, you know, there's there's like a clear answer based on the science that can keep people safe and they want to like keep people safe. And I'm sure that their interpretation for most of those people, their interpretation of the people who are speaking against a mandate is probably something along the lines of these people are confused or these people have been misled Um you know, maybe even like these people are scared. And so they're, they're reacting the way that they are, but to kind of look at the other side of things and to consider what you have to believe to also believe at this point that masks or vaccines don't work is basically a giant conspiracy. <laughs> you have to believe that people are, are colluding to do this. Um, it's, I feel like the people against the mandate, at least the ones who were talking that night did not seem to think that their political opponents were there for good but misguided reasons. They did you not know, assume. They did not assume good faith. Yeah, and yeah. I was going to ask you because I know that you don't like to assign motive. I know that every time we every time we talk about anything, I'm like, "What's really going on?" And you're like, <laughs> "I'm a fucking reporter, Matt. This, ma'am, this is a Wendy's." I get that you don't want to do that, and yet I am still tempted to say, "You know, what do you?" 
hear in in that talk or what do you see behind the eyes and is it fear is it um resentment i can't see in their head and my usual mo is to try to ascribe the most charitable interpretation to to why somebody could be believing what they do or acting how they are there's just something in our culture that has celebrated ignorance I'm thinking about Dr. Elias. I know that that there has been some uh, blowback and and hostility exercised toward Dr. Elias over the past uh, year. I also know that in other communities, public health officials are resigning. They're straight up resigning because of you know serious threats and serious concerns for their safety. I, I had just sort of assumed up till now. Um, that 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 we weren't necessarily at that level. If the board this week decides to go with a longer or more you know kind of consistent mandate, my fear is that the board and Dr. Elias and maybe even some other folks may be the targets of of hostility in terms of you know at the very least verbal abuse and verbal hostility and threats. Yeah, and I think you know on the on the on the topic of motives, there's a whole there's a whole media ecosystem um, that is encouraging encouraging people to doubt masks and doubt vaccines and to take aim at public health experts or officers or school boards. Um, that's that's actively being encouraged. I have sympathy for people in my community that, like you, you know, I don't think they're evil. I just think that they've been misled. What are we looking at uh, going into the week? Uh, the school board is going to meet on the 10th. Is that when they're going to meet or or am I wrong about those dates? Uh, no, but the 10th is a significant date. So you're not too wrong for thinking that. They will meet on Wednesday, which I believe is the 8th. But the school board is going to meet Wednesday, as they did last week, um, and they will discuss presumably a longer term mandate as they were supposed to discuss last week. Right now, the mask mandate is in place until September 10th. It's in place until Friday, like through this school week. Um, Have they said anything about a metric that they will use? Um, Have they committed to any kind of metric in terms of infection rate or uh, you know, any or the the number of how much how many ICU beds are left at Ivinson or anything like that. I don't know that it's that specific. There is language in the document that they were originally considering, basically saying something to the effect of this will be reevaluated in light of the spread of the coronavirus through the community. Even if they do pass a longer term mandate this week. It will likely only be in effect until mid-October. Sounds like you've got a lot on your plate as the Laramie reporter. It it sounds like you have a number of stories that you're always pursuing and a long list of things that you uh, are uh, seeking to get to the bottom of uh, here and there. You sound like a very busy person. And uh, if only there were some way that the community could support your work so that you could continue, you know, to, to put in all of these hours. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm, but I'm at a complete loss as to how people might be able to, uh, to sustain you and, and encourage you to, to keep doing the fine work that you're doing. Oh, yeah. oh, wait, I was wrong. There is a way 
that people can help you. And that is um, laramiereporter.substack.com, correct? Is yes. your That is your page, laramiereporter.substack. Is it the Laramie Reporter? It's Or is it just Laramie? It's laramiereporter.substack.com. You can go there and you can subscribe. You can purchase a subscription. Uh, and that is basically... Uh, paying you for uh, what absent that support is is unpaid work that is providing an, a huge service uh, to to the community. In other words, folks, go to laramiereporter.substack.com uh, and slip this guy some money so that he can continue to expose uh, and inform on these really really important issues. Thanks, you you did the whole plug for me. Um, if you uh, if you add a a backslash welcome to that, um, you gave the right URL. If you add a backslash welcome, you can choose to subscribe. And if you're not ready to give me money, uh, you can also subscribe for free, and you get everything that paying subscribers do. Um, because I want this site to be available to everyone, you know, irrespective of their means. And you could you could do that if you do have the means. You're still welcome to subscribe for free. You know, give it a week see what I'm putting out, see if you would like to support it. But yeah, I would, I, I would love the support. Obviously I will be returning to the school board and seeing what happens this week and reporting on that. But also as a kind of offshoot from that, um, I am planning to dig into the misinformation surrounding this debate. And I'm going to be talking to some experts about what of that is true, what is false, and maybe getting into a little bit of how to talk to people about things that they're sharing that are that are untrue. Jeff Victor, thanks for dropping in for a few minutes to talk to us about the uh, battle in Laramie and in Albany County over mask mandates. It is a battle that people will still be fighting. We feel really lucky to, to have you pay us a visit. It's always a pleasure talking with you.